Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. From homeless addict to behavioral coach and podcast host, Eric Zimmer's incredible journey demonstrates the power of behavioral change through the understanding of our minds and consciously reshaping our actions. In this episode, we will answer the questions on why it is seemingly impossible to change our behaviors, break addictive patterns, and how to create significant and long-lasting changes. Who does not want that? Welcome back, Quick Brains. I am your host and your brain coach, Jim Quick. Eric is a behavioral coach who has spent the past 20 years guiding people through significant life changes by helping them build new empowering habits aligned with their core goals. He also hosts the award-winning podcast, The One You Feed, uh, featuring insights uh, from leading experts, including myself, uh, of recent on creating a life of meaning and fulfillment grounded in, in both science and timeless wisdom. Eric offers practical tools to shape our minds and behaviors so that we could consciously build the lives we aspire towards. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Thanks, Jim. I'm glad to be here. So glad. I, I really enjoyed being on your show. Congratulations on the on the success of that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love talking with you too. I'm happy to see you again. Making a lasting change in our behavior is, is hard. Few of us are successful at doing it. You think about uh, New Year's resolutions, and I think somewhere of, what, 8% of the people actually follow through on those resolutions. How does the science of behavioral change help you make significant and long-lasting transformations in your life. Let's talk about a little bit your your perspective on this. Yeah, I mean, I wish it was a sentence I could give you or two sentences I could give you, but what you said there, the science of behavior change points to the idea that there that we've done a bunch of research research on this, right? Mm-hmm. We've we've spent a lot of time wondering why some people change and others don't, right? And the honest truth is nobody fully knows the answer to that, right? Like if you fully knew the answer to that, you would be extraordinarily rich because you would solve all, you know, huge parts of the world's <laughs> problems, right? But there are principles that we do know are much more likely to make it possible that you do change. We just can't put them all into one one sentence. But but there's a number of them out there that we could talk through that are guiding ideas, I think, that make it more likely that we're going to change. Let's give uh, our listeners some some context. Maybe you could draw on your experience in terms of give a couple minutes on some of uh, some of your history, and uh, and I want to talk about also the the reason you call your amazing podcast the one you feed. My my you know my first real um, time that I had had to change something in my life significant was at twenty four. I found myself a homeless heroin addict. You know, I had a very low bottom. I was looking at going to jail for a lot of years. I had basically burnt my life to the ground. And so the question of how to change that, how to stop doing that behavior became paramount to me, obviously. It's nothing like uh, going to jail for a long time or potentially being close to dying. I weighed a hundred pounds. I had hepatitis C that'll (laughs) help you really focus in on something, right? And I got sober through 12-step programs, which are well-known throughout um, the world as 
one way that many people who have addictive problems ranging from alcohol to drugs to gambling, uh, there's 12-step programs for sex, I mean, there's for food. It's one method of bringing about a change. And it got a lot of things right. You know, it's, it's a good it's a good framework for what what a lot of the principles are for behavior change, right? And I mean, a couple of them are pretty straightforward, but they are, you know, that there's a there's community, right? You're not doing it alone. And I think if there was one thing that you would take away, if you're like you're trying to change any behavior, it would be how do you garner support in doing that, right? It's just it's undeniable whether it's quitting an addiction, whether it's about going to the gym, whatever it is, if you've got people that are encouraging you, supporting you and holding you accountable, you've got a far better chance, you know, and, and I would go as far to say people who have serious addiction will not recover without some degree of help. It doesn't have to be a 12-step program. There's lots of ways to get help today, particularly in today's world. There are options that were not available to me 25 years ago that are now. But even within those, there is, it is some measure of other people being part of your support. And so if we were to start with one core principle to behavior change, it would be find help. And so before we go into more of those key principles and those common threads that are found that seem universally applicable to individuals looking to, to make a positive change and who doesn't, for the new year or any right. given time, people either want to stop something or they want to start something. So this is a very timely conversation. Yeah, I think it's interesting for people who don't know, um, maybe, I don't know if you call it a parable of, mm. of the wolves. Yeah, so the podcast is called The One You Feed and it's, it's based off of uh, a parable, or I should say I start every episode reading this parable and asking my guests kind of what it means to them. And, and the parable is one many people will have heard. Um, it says, you know, that in life we all have two wolves inside of us that are always at battle. One is a good wolf, which represents things like kindness, bravery, and love. The other is a bad wolf, which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. And the grandchild stops and thinks about it for a second and asks their grandparent, well, you know, which one wins? And the grandparent says, the one you feed. So you could substitute anything you want in there, right? If you're trying to get in better shape, right? You have one part of you saying, go to the gym in the morning. And another part of you saying, sit on the couch and sip your coffee and surf the internet, right? You, we all recognize what it is to have these competing impulses within us <laughs> to, that push us further towards what matters to us or away from what matters to us. Now, you know, in the case of something like my heroin addiction, right, that that bad wolf is a really bad wolf, right? I mean, it was eating me, but none, of, I don't think anybody listening won't be familiar with that dynamic, right? Old cartoons had it as an angel and devil on one shoulder, right? This is a common theme through history because we all know what it's like to have these two competing ideas in behavior change. They might call them competing commitments, right? You got competing commitments. Um, that's what the parable is speaking to. I mean, if you were to ask me what my answer is, I would say it it shows, when you hear it, you immediately get it. You're like, oh, my choices matter. What yeah. I do, what I think about, and what I do matters to the quality of my life. And then the further thing I, that I love about that parable is that it does normalize what I think is the human condition. You know, in that parable, it says we all have, right? So you're not 
there's nothing deficient in you that you have these two things going on. There's nothing deficient in you in that one part of you wants to eat the cake and one part of you doesn't want to eat the cake. Like we're all built this way and it just normalizes that. So that's the other thing I love about the parable is it, it, it states what I think is a truth about the human condition. So besides support, how do we address the root causes of behavioral change? Like how do we make change and transformation last if you're working uh, with a friend or a client or one, one of your one of our listeners well if you want to talk about making you know there there's a there's sort of like making it happen and then there's making it last mm-hmm. right and so if we want to talk about making it last you know not everybody's the same. So the one thing I will say is there are principles out there, but we have to sort of think about how they apply to us. And a really good thing to do is ask yourself, what has gone wrong in the past when something you were doing something and you were being successful and then you stopped? What happened? Look at that to try and see. Now, what I have found is for many, many people, what happens is that they create a new routine and it's going pretty well as long as that routine doesn't get messed with. So I'm going to go to the gym every day at 9 a.m. and I'm, I actually get some motivation going and I'm going every day at 9 a.m. and things are going good. And then I go on vacation for a week. And when I come back, it just sort of slips away. Right. Or I'm doing really well and all of a sudden my child gets sick for three days mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not dropping them off at daycare at eight and going to the gym. I'm home with a child and I don't do it. And then what usually happens for a lot of people, particularly if you're the sort of person that has had problems you know, in your mind, if you would describe yourself as, I'm the kind of person who has trouble sticking with things or following through, what will happen is as soon as your good routine starts to become de- derailed, your brain will start to say to you, see, I knew you couldn't do it. You know, how many times, how many times, Eric, did you start going to the gym and now you've quit again? And that is discouraging, right? And one thing we know about motivation is we tend to be more motivated by feeling good about ourselves than feeling bad about ourselves, right? You know, if and, and, and a lot of these things are things that you talk about. I don't think I'm I'm breaking any ground that you don't often also talk about. But but when we start to become discouraged, when we think, oh, I'm never gonna stick with this, right? Well, what's gonna happen? You're not gonna stick with it. So so that's why I encourage people to look at what is it that gets in the way. You know, another thing that often gets in the way, I'm doing, I'm, I'm going along and I'm doing well, and I sort of hit a plateau. Like in the beginning, I start having a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm going to the gym and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm feeling better. I'm losing weight. I'm a little bit lighter in my body. And then we normalize to that, right? We, we, we habituate to anything. And so all of a sudden, it doesn't feel, it felt really different in the beginning, and now it feels kind of normal, right? And so that can be another place if you sort of feel like you're hitting a plateau. And there's a few different ways to work with that. But, but one of them, you know, is just to simply sort of remember how you feel when you don't do it. You know, so like for me, I, I exercise regularly enough that I can't be like, I keep feeling better and better and better and better, right? I'd, I'd feel superhuman right? But I know what happens when I stop. Hmm. Now, I don't have to learn that lesson again, thankfully, but I had to many, many times. I would stop and be like, oh, I was feeling good. Then I started feeling crappy again. And then I started exercising and I started feeling better. And so now I know in general, like, yeah, I may not keep having upward gains, right? But 
but it's part of my maintenance that makes me feel okay. You know, another thing is to to be able to tie the reward as close to the action as possible. So for example, if I am, uh, you know, if I'm feeling like I'm, I'm hitting a plateau, maybe what I can focus on is that like, I don't feel, I feel tired. I go exercise afterwards. I feel better. Maybe it's not noticeably crazy better, but it's better. And that's the case all the time for me. Like every single time I do it, I'm like, I'm glad I did that, right? That's another way of sort of bringing the reward. Oh, I feel better after I exercise closer to the action, right? Versus if I'm like trying to lose 30 pounds, right? And I feel like I'm not making a lot of progress, which, you know, the way to deal with that, right, is to to break that 30 pound goal down into lots of little goals. Like, okay, I'm not going to be like, you know, that feels so far off. Like, can I focus on, on, on small goals within there? So there's lots of different ways to work with it, but the most important thing is to start to understand what is it that is causing you to stop, you know, analyze your own pattern. Cause it's going to be different from person to person. But that first one that I used is in my experience, probably the most common one. Are you a high achiever constantly seeking that next level of success? Welcome to the quick success program. It's a deep dive and support system to master your life and scale to new heights in personal and professional achievement. Included is our exclusive monthly book club, where we process transformative ideas from amazing books to level up your learning and your life. We also bring the author to the club to answer your burning questions. You can also participate in monthly live coaching calls with me where your questions meet my decades of expertise. Simply go to quicksuccess.com, that's K-W-I-K success.com and choose the plan that works best for you. Which is this, the circumstance gets in the way. I think a lot of people listening can identify with that. You know, they're either struggling with some kind of self-sabotage. They take one step forward and maybe two steps back or, you know, when they start making progress or maybe it's a procrastination issue. Mm -hmm. For the model that our community is very familiar with, our limitless model, it's these three levers. It's the, it's our mindset, our motivation or the methods. It's our, it's our wit, our will or the way. And those yeah. are things that we could always, we have some influence on. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that about your work is I, you know, I, I think that is a very good summary kind of, of, of those things. And, you know, you kind of have to get all of those worked out. You know, one of the things that I often do with people is we really start with the method. Hmm. Like, let's get your methods figured out. Let's get a plan. Let's understand what your life is and the challenges of your life and the things that are going to get in the way. Let's get that kind of nailed down. And then we start to then be able to look more closely at the other two levers, you know, um, because a lot of times method will take us along, a, along, will take us a big part of the way there. It's a method thing, right? And that gets us out of the moral judgment of I'm a failure. It's just like, oh, I haven't figured out the puzzle yet. And that's what I like about your model, right? And I think it's just important with behavior change in general is to think of it as a puzzle, not as a failing, right? Because when we think of it as a failing, we get really down on ourselves, right? right? It affects the mindset that you're talking about. So like, 
let's approach it as as a puzzle you know and i know that's a part of your overall framework too right about a lot about curiosity and you know like and so i think that's a really important way is like you know and i always would encourage coaching clients like don't get discouraged we just haven't figured out the puzzle yet like we got some of the pieces let's keep working there there is an answer here and and i think that's important because it gets to the mindset of, you know, and gets to, you know, the motivation, right? The motivation is driven by feeling better. So in, in terms of uh, final advice for people who are listening, is, is, there, is there a third thing that we could recommend to our listeners uh, who maybe are struggling with some of these, whether it's uh, breaking addictive patterns or unhealthy behaviors or adding something, you know, brand new uh, to their life or doing more of something like a good uh, kind of would fall underneath your your fundamental or key principles or processes. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd call it a key principle, but I think it's a great uh, last thing to end on. Mm -hmm. Which is that, like you know, in AA, we used to say all the time, "Keep coming back." Yeah. Right. And now that doesn't necessarily mean like I don't mean that to mean like you have to keep coming back to 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 a twelve step program. But the message is keep trying keep trying like you there are ways to change behavior we can do it it's hard but lots of people do do it yeah. you know i mean again we know most people don't do it but lots and lots of people do and you can probably look at your own life and be like oh well i have changed some things for sure right so the message i would say to end with is don't give up and don't get discouraged like keep keep trying because there is a path and a way there. You just may have to find out what it is for you. And that might be slightly different, you know, for everybody. I think it's very difficult to, to stop somebody who knows where they're going and also why they're going there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, if it, clarity of why this is important to me, you know, reflecting on what, you know, what is this behavior that I'm not doing or the behavior that I am doing? What is it, what is it costing me in my life in things that actually matter to me? You know, like there was a period of time early in my addiction where all sorts of things, my addiction cost me all sorts of things. Like I didn't go to college. I lost my driver's license. I couldn't drive. I mean, I had all these other things, but you know what? None of them really mattered to me. It was when something that I loved, the music started to get, really get impacted was the first real time that I went, oh, wait, you know? And so it's reflecting on what matters to me and what, what is, what is being, what, you know, what, in what ways is that being affected by either, you know, to use your model, uh, stopping doing something, starting something else, doing more or doing less. Like, you know, how does that affect the things that really matter to me? Outstanding. Uh, to everyone listening, we're having a conversation right now with Eric Zimmer. He's a behavioral coach. He spent the past couple of decades guiding people through significant life changes by helping them create new uh, behaviors and habits that align really with, with the core of who they are. Eric, how do people... Uh, how do can people find out more about your work? Yeah, well, you can listen to the podcast, the one you feed. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts. And you could also go to our website. It's one you feed. Oh, uh, it's all spelled out. O n e y o u f e e d dot net, and you can find uh, more about everything we do there. Also, fantastic. We'll put uh, links in our show notes as we always do, including a link to uh, my episode where I was a guest on the one you feed in the Great show episode. notes. <laughs> at at uh, jimquick.com forward slash notes. And also, uh, we'll also include uh, Eric's social media 
Um, so make sure you follow him there. And uh, Eric, thank you so much for being on the Quick Brain podcast. Thanks so much for having me on, Jim. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everybody who spent time uh, listening or watching. Uh, highly recommend you subscribe on, on YouTube where you put the extended version of these conversations. All the audio platforms we keep to 20 minutes because it's called Quick uh, with no sponsors, <laughs> uh, just because we want to be able to get you this information, democratize this. Uh, if you want great examples, Examples of people who have overcome uh, limiting behaviors. Uh, check out Eric's podcast because um, obviously you're listening to this. This will be right up your alley. And um, the, the best thing I could ask everybody to do is just two things: is to share this episode with somebody, just one person, a friend or family member who you think, wow, they they really need to hear this right now. Forward this to them or post it. Make sure you tag Eric, tag myself, so we get to see it. And then also the biggest uh, gift you could give us is uh, a review because your stories matter and will inspire other people to uh, make these positive transformations and behavioral changes. And so, Eric, thank you so much. And uh, thank you, everyone who's listening. And until our next episode, be, be limitless.